Hello and welcome to the final episode of our first year of the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Let's conclude our journey through Dante's Divine Comedy with Dante's Paradiso, Canto 33. Virgin Mother, daughter of your Son, most humble, most exalted of creatures, fixed end of the eternal counsel. You are she who so ennobled human nature that its maker did not disdain to make himself of its making. In your womb the love was again incensed, for through its heat in the eternal peace this flower has so seeded. Here to us you are a meridian flame of charity, and below, among mortals, you are a living fountain of hope. Lady, you are so great, you so avail, that he who wills grace and has no recourse to you wills flight without wings in his desiring. Your kindly will not only succors the one who asks, but many times courses freely ahead of the demand. In you mercy, in you piety, in you magnificence, in you are unified whatever goods exist in creatures. Now this one, who from the deepest lapse in the universe to here has seen the Spirit's lives one by one, comes to you as supplicant, by grace, of such virtues that he may in lifting his eyes ascend toward his ultimate salvation. And I, never so ardent for my sight as now I am for his, press all my prayers to you, and pray that they not be scant." that you with your prayers dislodge each cloud of his mortality, such that the supreme pleasure be displayed. Still I pray you, queen, who may whatever you will, that you preserve whole his affections after such scene. May your gaze guard his human movements. You see Beatrice with so many blessed closing her hands to you through my prayers. The eyes, delightful, venerated by God, fixed on the orator, showed us how much devout prayers are pleasing. Then she set herself to the eternal light, into which none ought think the eye of a creature might enter so clearly. And I, who drew near to the end of all desire as I should, drew out the ardor of desire within. Bernard signaled me, and he smiled, that I ought gaze above. But I was of myself already as he wished, for my vision, growing sincere, entered more and more along the ray of the exalted light that is true of itself. From then on my sight was more than speech may show, which seeds to such seeing, and memory seeds to such excess. Such as is he who dreaming sees, when after the dream the passion impressed remains, while the rest won't return to mind. So am I, for my vision nearly fully failed, and yet there is distilled in my heart the sweetness which was born of it. So the snow is unsealed in the sun. So at the wind and the light foliage the sentence of the sibyl is lost. O supreme light, which lift yourself so far from mortal concepts, restore to my mind a bit of that in which you then appeared, and make my tongue so potent that it might leave to future men a sole spark of your glory." For, to return to a bit of my memory, and to sound a bit in these verses, more of your victory will be conceived. I believe, for the keenness that I suffered of the vivid ray, that I should have been lost if my eyes had turned from it. And I recall that I was more ardent to sustain it for this 
such that I joined my aspect with the infinite worth. O abundant grace in which I presumed to fix my vision on the light eternal, so that my vision was consumed in you. In its profundity I saw what's within it, bound with love in one volume, that which is spread through the universe, substances and accidents and their customs, as if conflated in such a way that that I speak is a simple light. I believe that I saw the universal form of this knot. Since saying this, I sense that I rejoice with even larger joy. In one point alone is more listlessness than the twenty-five centuries to the enterprise that made Neptune wonder at the shadow of Argo. So my mind, all suspended, was marveling, fixed, immobile and intent, and evermore incensed with wonder. One becomes thus in that light, that to turn from it for another aspect is impossible. One could never so consent. In that the good, which is the object of the will, is all coiled in it, and outside of that, that which is perfect there is defective. Now my tale will be too short for that which I recall, that of an infant who yet bathes his tongue at the breasts. Not because there was more than a simple semblance in the living light on which I marveled, for it is ever such as it was. But for the sight that strengthened in my gazing, one sole appearance, I was changed, and it, to me, transformed. In the profound and clear subsistence of the exalted light appeared to me three gyres of three colors and one countenance, and the one appeared reflected of the other as rainbow from rainbow, and the third appeared a flame breathed equally here and there. Oh, how brief is speech! and how dim for my concept. And this, to that which I saw, is such that it's not enough to say little. O light eternal, which alone reside in you, attending to yourself alone, and of your intellect knowing and loving and smiling on yourself. That circling which so conceived appeared in you as light reflected, my eyes having gazed on it a bit, appeared to me painted of our likeness within itself, of its selfsame color, so that my vision was all set in it. As is the geometer who all fixes himself to measure the circle and doesn't retrieve in thinking that principle by which he struck, so was I at that new vision. I wished to see how the image came to be in the circle and how it was enwared within, but the wings weren't suited to that, if not that my mind was struck of that lightning in which its will arrived." At this the lofty fantasy failed, but already my desire and the will were turning, just as the wheel that's equally moved, the love that moves the sun and other stars. Thanks for joining me for this final episode of our first year of the Dante in a Year podcast. We'll be continuing soon with some commentary on each canto, looking particularly at Dante's spiritual intent in each part of the poem. But for now, thanks for joining me, and God bless.